So our greatest hope as we dedicate our children to the Lord is that they'll understand what it means to really follow Jesus, that they get that. Because a life of following Jesus is a life truly that's lived to the fullest. We don't do this because this is the cultural thing to do, because it's kind of cool. We've always done it. It's a tradition. It's more of the aspect of saying (laughs) everything is about Jesus. Life lived and understanding who God is, living for him, is everything. You can't understand what life really is without him. He's the one who fashioned us together. He's the one who made it all. If anyone knows what real life is all about, then it's him, isn't it? We stray from that many times. We're always having to be course-corrected and drawn back to that, realizing that the one who made us, the one who made everything that we see, actually, believe it or not, knows better than we do. If he knows better, then he should be the one that we listen to. You know, at one point, Jesus described kind of two basic roads that we could take. And, of course, we, we pray for Mally and pray for the blessing of the Holy Spirit upon her that she takes one of two roads, and you know which one it is. It says in Matthew seven thirteen through 14, Jesus says this, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. Because that's the easy way. But small is the gate and narrow the road. And where does it lead? It leads to life. And it says only, only a few find it in comparison to the rest. And the narrow road can be a really difficult road to travel. But it's the one that's full of life. We see this all in, in lots of different ways in our lives. That the narrow aspect of things draws us to life. You know, we think, I was thinking about the football game last night, and, and there's some, there's a really narrow bit of grass, right, that people are hoping to get to, to find life, to find joy, to find six points. Am I right? You guys need to say something. You're like depressed if you're USC fans from last night. Okay. There's a narrow regimen of, of training that, that's difficult, that's hard to make it from here to there. The narrow road is a difficult one. And unfortunately, the majority are not willing to walk a narrow road. And there's this desire that we fight against to do things our way instead of God's way. There's a great picture that comes to mind when I think about that. The narrow road or the difficulty in doing what God's called us to do rather than what everyone else is doing, if you will, or the way that the world's going. And there's this picture of fish. And I know you've probably seen this before, but it's the rest of the world, this wide gate is just all going that way. All the fish are going that way, not just the fish, but because of the fish, the current is that way. It just pulls you that way. Remember as kids, we had this little tiny pool that was about from here to there, the edge of this carpet. And one of the things my sister and I liked to do, we figured out that if we could go like this, right, in a circle, pretty soon that water would just be going fast and fast and we'd just be like, we'd, be, we'd go crazy and we'd be pulling us around. We'd be like trying to grab and stop ourselves in the side of this little tiny pool. So to turn around and to go the other way just literally felt impossible because of the current. But Jesus is saying, if you're going to find the way of life, that's only found if you follow me. And it's not going that direction. It's going this direction. You know, in other words, you're, you're looking for the right way to go. If you're, if you're looking for truth, you're only going to find life in Christ. Jesus says this in John 10.10. He says, 
the thief, and it's talking about the evil one, or it's talking about the devil, what his perspective is, what his desire is, is to, is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. To steal joy, to steal life, to take your, your life down the wide path of destruction. That's his goal. And it's not always very obvious. It doesn't always stand out. It leads in little subtle ways down the wrong direction. But Jesus says this in John 10, 10, I have come that they may have life, and that you may have life to the full. Not just live and breathe, but a real life, an abundant life. Isn't that what we're really all after? And we think we can find it if we have a better job, if we have a little bit more money, we can get more stuff, and that'll make us happier. We think if we have this relationship, this will make us happier. We think if we have this thing, this will make us happier. You know, whatever it is, there's so many things we try to use to fill in the blank to acquire that life, that fulfilled life. But Jesus says, you know what? The only place that you're ever going to find that is in me. Life to the full. The problem is, is that we're usually not very good followers, right? Even as a kid, if you played follow the leader, what was everybody doing after a while? What were they fighting over? You can speak up. It's okay. It's a different kind of church, right? You want to, right, fighting over the opportunity. It's my turn. Everybody what? Follow me. Do this. Do that. Everyone wants to lead. They don't want to follow because we want to do things our way. And to give up our independence is really a tough thing to do, even if we know it's the road to life. Problem is our need for, in, for independence gets into trouble sometimes. I wonder if you've ever tried to do something really difficult on your own and found yourself kind of at the end of your road. You ever been there before? You've got this thing, like, I can do this myself. I don't need anyone's help. But then you get to the point, you just hit a wall. You realize there's no way you're going to finish this. Over the years, I've, I've tried to be a handyman, okay? I'd like, and I, I can say it, Mel, are you laughing up there? <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I've learned a lot on my own. I've learned to do some plumbing, some electrical. I've worked in air conditioning units. I've installed windows and et cetera. But sometimes there are just moments when you get in deeper than you expected. And so the latest project for me has been this area right outside our front porch. You look up, and there's a section like this of rotten wood. After a while, you just like, ah, i got to get to that. We had that, you know, got to do this, got to do it, but just continues. You don't have time for it, but it gets worse. Pretty soon the wood starts to fall out, and water is running where it's not supposed to go. So the time came where it's like, I'm going to fix this, and so I went to the board, and I took the board, and I'm like looking at it underneath it, trying just to do just enough to get it where it needs to be. Well, you start pulling on stuff. Well, okay, I need to pull that out. The problem is the board next to that's rotten, too. Got to pull that board out. Let me get a ladder to really look at this thing. <laughs> Pull out the ladder, climb up on there, and look in, and your heart sinks because the OSB of the roof is rotten as well. And you touch it, and it goes like this. So let me demo a little bit of this and see how far we have to go. And so I'm tearing out stuff, and I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can replace this, I guess. I'll figure it out. I'll replace that. And it just leads from one thing to the next. And finally, I realized an actual section next to the house itself was rotten, too. 
am I going to have to tear boards, like mega boards away from the house, this, that, and the other to fix this thing? And you just get in those moments where you're not really sure to do. Along the way, there's been a lot I didn't know, but I had a consultant, YouTube, right? You ever done that? How do you do this? You look it up, you go to the video section on Google, it's almost always on YouTube, and then you probably end up running back and forth to Lowe's 20 times to do a project, right? Takes you all day to do something that a guy that I had to call in the big guns, Justin back there, Mr. Redbeard himself, could do probably in an hour or less. You see, he knows how things are put together. He knows how stuff works, right? And they say, don't mess with the farmer. He grows the stuff, right? That food's important. He knows how things fit together. He knows how a house comes together, whether this is important, whether that is important. How do you tear out this rotten wood? How far do you go? And see, the thing is, life is a lot bigger than a house. It's a lot bigger than a section of roofing that needs to be changed. It's so much bigger and so much more important. Why wouldn't we go to the one who knows how it's all put together. Why wouldn't we? Why do we keep trying to YouTube it? Why do we keep trying to do things on our own? See, the good news is that Jesus is looking for disciples. He's, he's looking for followers. He's looking for those that have said, I have decided to follow Jesus. And isn't the best way to learn to watch someone do it and then to do what they do? You know, I'd love to just spend some time with Justin watching him do what I need to learn. When you see it in front of you, I'm a very visual learner. And Jesus is looking for disciples. He's looking for followers. Mally's going to learn a lot by watching, by following what she sees the both of you do. What you do and what you say. And that example that you set for her is huge. And that's kind of scary sometimes, thinking about it, isn't it? But that's the reality. You know, in Jesus' day, children, they would begin to learn about the Bible at the age of five. The actual town of Galilee apparently was, was more of a, um, an area where, where people were solid about Scripture than any other part of, of Israel. And they would start to learn about the Bible at five. And as they continued their education, many of the students had literally memorized the entire Old Testament before they would have reached secondary school, or high school, if you will, for us. They would have already have memorized the Old Testament. Have you seen the majority of the Bible, right? Here's the Bible. That much is the Old Testament. It's a huge amount. They were very serious about it. But a few of the outstanding students sought permission to study from, like, a famous rabbi. And, they, and Jesus, of course, was a rabbi when you saw what he did, that you wanted to follow. Seeing him heal people, for one, would be an example. I want to I follow this guy. So they would seek permission to study from a famous rabbi, often leaving home to travel with this rabbi for a period of time. Okay, These students were called Talmud. Say that with me. Talmud. You're weak. Come on. Talmud. Very good. You can speak. That's good to know. All right? So Talmud is the, is the Israelite, it's the Jewish word for disciple. They were called Talmud. And there's much more to being a Talmud than what we would call a student, right? A student wants to know what the teacher knows 
for what? What are you hoping to get at the end? A good grade, right? Diane just obsessively studied for the last, I don't know what, three months. In the last week, I mean, she handed her brain to the Depart South Carolina Department of Insurance, basically, for the week. She became the Department of Insurance, just studying inside and out to pass this test that she needed for work, all to get the grade. She needed the knowledge in. That's all it was for. The, Tal the Talmud, these folks, these disciples, weren't just trying to acquire knowledge from Jesus. They weren't just trying to learn things to pass a grade, to say that they knew this and that they knew that. The Talmud wants to be like the teacher. And so what they would do is they would literally follow the rabbi around wherever he went. And they would imitate the things that he would say, the things that he would do. The saying goes that they would be so close to the rabbi that they would get the dust of the rabbi on their feet. That's what Jesus understood discipleship to be. Discipleship is not learning a bunch of stuff. Discipleship is following so closely to Jesus that you see what he says, you watch what he do, and you imitate what he does. You follow so closely to him. See, so being a disciple is more than about acquiring knowledge. It's got to be lived out. Great example of this, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, what possessed Peter to go ahead and say, hey, Jesus, tell me to walk out on the water. It was his understanding of what a real disciple was. He believed that if, if Jesus could do it, because Jesus came walking out on the water, well, well, tell me to do it. I want to do the same. I want to be like you. It's more than about acquiring knowledge. It's not going to do Mally any good to, to read her the stories and she can quote them back if she doesn't see them lived out. And it's even more important in some ways to see them lived out after you've made a mistake, saying, you know what? Of course, correction. Lord, forgive us. Help us. The Lord's going to be there with you through all of that, though it's, it seems so intimidating. But she needs to see that walked and lived out, not just the head knowledge, but the heart knowledge. Part of the, the difficulty of following as well is that there's a lot of trust that's involved, isn't there? How do I know I'm following the right guy? Do we choose the right rabbi? Do we choose the right teacher? The kind of trust that it takes for us to be disciples, to be followers of Jesus, is, is everything that we have. Jesus one time took the disciples and walked with them 30 miles. 30 miles just went ahead and walked. You know, there wasn't, you know, wasn't the cars back then, right? Walked for 30 miles to get to this place called Caesarea Philippi for one lesson that lasted 10 minutes. You don't follow someone and walk 30 miles unless you trust them. And here's where it really boils down. A true disciple, a true follower, what does Jesus say that that is? In Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 24, this has always been a passage of Scripture that's been really challenging to me. Because there was a moment in my life where, and I grew up in a Christian home, 
I grew up being dedicated as a baby. I heard all kinds of stuff from my dad and from my grandparents. I learned a lot of scripture. And I knew all the right stuff I was supposed to do. Okay? But it was up here. It wasn't something that I owned for myself. It was just knowledge. But knowledge, that's, that doesn't do you any good unless it's acted upon. And so Jesus says this. This is his definition of a disciple. And he was talking to, to the mall. It says, whoever wants to be my disciple, my disciple, my, my Talmud, whoever wants to be that person, they must do this. They must deny themselves. That denial is difficult. And we talked about that a good bit. They must deny themselves. Not my way, but your way. They must deny themselves. And it says, and Jesus goes even further. Why couldn't you just stop there? Deny themselves, but says, then take up their cross daily. We all know what happened on a cross. Jesus died on a cross. He gave his life for us on a cross. Denying yourself is one thing, but then dying to yourself is another. It means every aspect of, of your life belongs to him. Pretty difficult ask, isn't it? Hey, come follow me. Great, what do I got to do? How serious is Jesus here? He's as serious as he can possibly be. Take up their cross daily and follow me. He says daily because aren't there moments where, you know, you're doing all the right stuff, you know? You're, you're in a workout program, for example. You know, you've been in Monday and Tuesday, and you just feel great. And I've been eating the right stuff. I've been working out. I've been working hard. Monday, A+. Plus. Tuesday, A+. Plus. What about Wednesday? What about Thursday? What about Friday? What about there's there's more days than just two, aren't there? Doggone it. Jesus says daily, every day, come and follow me. For whoever wants, and this is really interesting, Jesus' understanding of life is very very upside down for us. He says, for whoever wants to save their life, if your goal is to be happy on your own, if your goal is to provide for yourself, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. If you're trying to do things for yourself, you're trying to do things your own way, when you turn away from the Lord and you do it yourself, you go down that, that road of destruction. And it goes deeper and deeper. But whoever loses their life for me gives up everything to follow. We'll save it. And the rest of the, the verse, I believe, is another section, if I've got it up there, Davey. It says, basically, what, what good is it to, to gain the world and, let, and yet lose your soul? Of all this other stuff that you thought would really make you happy, all these other things to make you happy, but miss the whole point of what life is really all about. This morning, I'm going to ask you to come up, Diane. We're going to just kind of give you an opportunity to respond to that today. You know, there's, there's moments where we can sit in church and we can hear stuff and, and we can take the knowledge in, but 
But there's something that takes place when, when you really decide to talk to the Lord and say, you know what, as of today, things are going to be different. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing I Have Decided again. And, and while we sing, I'm just going to give you the opportunity to just to spend some time quietly with you and God, not asking you to come up here, not asking you to do anything weird or uncomfortable, but where you're, where you're standing today, maybe there needs to be a moment between you and the Lord where you say, Lord, you know what, I, I've been doing things my way, but as of today, as of right now, it's going to stop. I've decided that I'm going to follow you. I've decided I want real life. I don't want to try to accomplish this on my own. It keeps getting deeper and messier and messier. And Lord, today I've decided I want to follow you. Maybe it was great on Monday and Tuesday, but right now I find myself in a place really far away from where I need to be. So I'm just going to give you that opportunity as we sing just to just to privately talk to the Lord. If you don't know what to do, if you don't want to do that, just, just be and respectful, but this is an opportunity for you to respond. For us, it's more about knowledge. It's, it's, it's about following you. It's about being one who listens and puts it into action, one who loves you with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. Lord, we've, we've made plenty of mistakes along the way, and Lord, we just take a moment to ask for your forgiveness for those. Lord, we thank you for your grace that gives us a second chance. So Lord, we just trust in you today. Lord, help us to follow you. Give us the strength every day to take up our cross and to follow you. We're so thankful for the love that you continually show us. Lord, today, we lift up Mally to you. Lord, again, we just pray for your blessing upon her life. 
Lord, that she stays close to you. Lord, that because of that, she, she really has the abundant life that you promise us. Lord, we thank you for the family and friends that are here today. And Lord, for, for their support and for their love. Lord, thank you for the blessing of this day and for this time that you've given us together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen.